Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Good to see you guys. Um, I'm looking through topics and things I wanted to go over. I had a guest we were going to interview, but he rescheduled. I had something come up for another week. So looking through my list of topics and there's a topic that jumps out at me every single time I look at it. And I probably teach something around this topic a little differently, at least once a year, maybe every six months. So if anyone who's on here live has gone through it with me before, feel free to dive in, ask questions. Um, but my guess is everyone listening, if you're looking to, to connect more deeply with your clients, and you want to figure out a way to make the uh, really make magical things happen. And I say magic because it almost feels like magic sometimes when uh, if you want to build that sort of trust where your clients listen to you and whether it's a prospect or a client yet, it all comes off the foundation of building rapport based on active listening techniques. And this is a specific technique that we're going to get really tactical today with a few different bullet points. And if you've been through a discussion before on active listening. This is what I want you to listen. I was what I'm, pun intended. This is what I want you to listen for. I want you to really take stock of the things that you are already doing that work for you and the things that you're doing, or you, you know, you should be doing it. You might not be doing quite as well. That's what I want you to listen in for as we go through this discussion today. So here we go. This is a uh, I'm going to do a little different take on a rapport and active listening. If you can see, if you're listening to the audio version of this, um, then, you know, if you listen to the replay later, then just know there are slides that go with this. I'll probably drop a link to it in the, uh, the podcast notes. But uh, otherwise, if you're listening on a, uh, uh, if you're watching us live, you'll see it on the screen. Or if you're on YouTube, you can watch it on the screen here, because this is going to be important to actually watch as we go through too and take, or just take some notes. So connection is what I'm talking about at the core of every client relationship. At the core of everything that we're working on, um, you got you to connect. And the only way that you can ever connect with someone else is to get out of your own way, right? It's not about you. So um, we talk about on Mindset Monday, actually, we talked about this yesterday, right? Relaxation, meditation, visualization. We talked about also breathing techniques. Yes, these help um, in the, uh, you know, to set up your day. But in the, if you're about to do any sort of like you're going into a listing appointment, you're going into a buyer consultation. Yeah, uh, you're about to make a series of you know prospecting phone calls. Before you start any sort of series of you know focused effort where connecting with the client is important, you want to figure out a way to bring your state down so that you feel at least a little more relaxed because that'll help you get out of your own way to connect with someone else. Right. So we're not going to do a deep dive on that today. There's plenty of other topics out there, but just at, at a core, I want you to know that the more you can get yourself comfortable with this, the more it's going to help. If you're nervous, it often comes across as being uninterested. Why? I don't know. It's just the way it reads. It's a signal to someone else. They don't realize that you're nervous. They just think maybe that you don't care. So the more you can calm yourself down, the more you can be present and fully in that moment, it's going to help. Um, if we have time, you guys remind me at the end, we could talk about the, uh, the physiological sigh. It's a really great uh, breathing technique. In about 30 seconds, you can really start to bring your heart rate down and bring yourself uh, back to baseline, back to center. I want to make sure we cover a lot of this uh, listening first. So, all right. Um, watching for nonverbal signals. These are things that I just want you to pay attention to in the back of your mind, right? Um, 
this, I'm not going to talk as much about mirroring and matching today because I've covered this in detail. I just want you to be aware of things that you can uh, do. And uh, while I'm going through this, I, gotta, I must have some window open that's chiming. I'm going to, I got something I'm going to shut off here that's making beeps and bells in the, uh, in my screen. I want to shut down on my window so I don't think beeping at me. I'm very, uh, very easily distracted. Many of you guys are easily distracted too. All right, cool. So here's what we got. Things, nonverbal cues. And these are things that you can uh, be aware of in yourself as well as in the people you're talking to. And the basic concept of mirroring and matching is just that. You could match someone's tone of voice, right? The gestures, posture, are they leaning in, they're leaning back. Rate of speech, are they talking fast, they're talking slow. And I could do a whole training on these nonverbal signals, but I do just want to give you guys, in case you haven't heard it before, the anti-rapport game. This is one of my... Uh, this is one of my favorite things to do. So we've been talking a lot about uh, in the last six months going back to basics and really building on a foundation uh, in this new in this new uh, real estate market we're in, where you have to talk to more human beings in order to get the same results that we used to get a year ago, right? Just because the, there's le- there's it's a different market now. Interest rates are higher. Not as much inventory in the market. If you want to improve your skills by building these basic foundation, it will allow you to talk to less people and get better results, right? So here's the anti-rapport game. If you've never played this, I want you to, to, to raise your hand and say, I take on the challenge of this game because it's kind of fun. So I want you to go to a place where you're never going to see these people again, like a Starbucks that's not the one you normally go to, like drive an extra three miles out of the way, mile and a half out of the way, every couple of miles you get a Starbucks, right? Just go to, go to a Starbucks and it could be really any place that you want to go to. But I like Starbucks or just something like that because it's a really short encounter with another human being. And what you're going to do to really understand what rapport is, you're going to do the opposite. So if someone talks you know, fast, you're going to talk slow. If someone has a lot of wild gestures, you're going to be very stuck. But if someone is very stoic and they don't move their hands a lot, you're going to talk with wild hand gestures, right? Their tone of voice. If they're talking high, you're going to talk low. You're literally going to do the opposite and watch how quickly you fall out of rapport with this person. Especially it's fun. You're never going to see him again. And and just see how that feels. Because when you can start to become aware of that feeling of, oh, I'm out of rapport, it allows you to, to shift it and get back into rapport more quickly. There'll be times when you're sitting with a seller or a buyer where you are in rapport and suddenly something will feel wrong and you realize you've fallen out of rapport. It's typically because you're not matching some of these nonverbal signals. If you guys have questions of this, please put it in the chat box. Let me know. But I want to get to the, uh, the meat and potatoes. Of this. I just want to, I want to kind of lay some of this foundational stuff. I want to get to the, uh, the really the meat and potatoes of my, uh, there's six steps to active listening. I want to make sure that you guys really understand what these are. Just a little bit on deep listening. As a general rule of thumb, this works on Zoom as well as in person. Eye contact should be about 80% of the time. Eye contact on Zoom, what's eye contact? Looking at the camera, right? You look away, you look back. In person, it's a lot easier to know what eye contact is. But if you do any more than like 80%, it's almost a little creepy. Like you're just like staring at them. Like, like that, right? Just staring, staring, staring. But if, you, uh, <coughs> if you're looking at your notes constantly, you're looking around, you're looking at another monitor, it starts to feel like, again, like someone doesn't, they're not really paying attention. So eye contact about 80% of the time when, you, when you're present. Um, this is an interesting fact. Some of you may know this, some of you may not. Most human beings speak at about 135 to 160 words per minute, right? 135 to 160 words per minute. What do you, what do you, what do you guess that you think at? What rate do you think at? Faster or slower than you speak, right? Your brain thinks they've done studies 
on average, about 400 to 600 words per minute. Significantly faster than you can talk. That's why your mind drifts, right? Even as you're listening to me talking right now, you're probably drifted to thinking about two, three other things, right? That's going on in your day, things we have to do later. I'm not faulting you. That's normal. That's how human brains work. But know that the people you're talking to, your buyers or sellers, your potential buyers and sellers, whether it's on the phone or in person, their mind is probably drifting also. Right. So there's things we're going to do. So you want to keep yourself present, but also be aware that there might be things that we're going to do to bring our prospects back to presence as well. All right. You're going to give nonverbal feedback when you're really listening, nods, smiles, sign of recognition. Um, these are things I'm just, again, I'm going quickly through this so I can give you some basic foundations because I want to get to this part. This is the six elements of active listening. This is what I believe if you take notes on this. In the next 10, 15 minutes, I'm going to give you a foundation that whether you practice this or not, it's going to shift the way that you connect with your clients. But if you actually take on, I'll give you some homework and teach you a way that you can practice this 15, 20 minutes a day. We talked a lot yesterday about role playing, right? This will be one of the things you could potentially role play. Super easy to do. It will change the way that you connect. Again, this is something I was taught 15 years ago and I go back to it and I practice it again about every six months. I go back and I, and I will learn something new about myself and I will see something I was doing and I forgot and it'll be different. So the six elements of active listening, number one is honesty. When you're truly listening and being present to another human being, that foundation is based in integrity and honesty. You're not trying to manipulate them. You are just listening to what they are. I go into all sales situations, right? Whether it be a buyer or a seller or someone that I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to, you know, to recruit to a, to a brokerage or a team, I go in with no preconceived notions. I'm there to listen to them and to figure out what's going on for them, right? Before I can put my agenda on top, I, I know where I want to go. I know if I'm in a listing appointment, I want to list the house. But before I can go there, I need to understand what their situation is. That's why one of the elements of active listening is based in this in, in honesty and in integrity. That one's pretty obvious. The next one, remaining neutral, right? You're not listening as the judge, right? You're not listening... Um, you are truly uh, just hearing what they're saying. And I'm going to give you some examples of this. There are things that our clients say or things that our clients could say that tend to provoke a response in you based on your own personal experiences. But there's no way to know that your personal experiences are the same as your client. So let's say you're on the phone with a client or you're sitting down face-to-face -face, and you say, so, you know, you're thinking about selling your house. You know what's going on. What's going on in your world, right? Tell me what's 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 making you think about moving. And they say, "Well, getting a divorce." When I say getting a divorce, my guess is most of you have a response, either positive or negative, based on that term and the associations you have. Agreed. So when I say clients getting a divorce, you either think, oh, "I'm sorry," or you think, hey, "Good for you," right? There's something that comes up in your head. Now, if you say that response out loud and you come out of neutrality, you're never going to hear what's actually going on for this client. That makes sense? I see you nodding your head, Sima, right? Like, think about this, guys. For some people, they're getting divorced. It's the best thing that could possibly happen. For some people, it's terrible. Their world is falling apart. But when we remain neutral, when we remain neutral, that's what's going to um, allow the client to really go deeper. And you say, you're getting divorced. Okay, tell me more. Right? Until you understand, when you clearly know, once they say, yeah, it's terrible, then yes, you can empathize, you can be with them, but you want to really stay neutral. And so let's say, um, let's say they're moving, right? They're moving out of the area. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? 
We, we want to stay neutral until we understand what's going on for them. The next one, no agenda. I talked about this one a little bit at the beginning. This is a really interesting one to balance. This is where I want to salespeople. You guys really pay attention as you go through your, your, your sales interactions today. You, we have agendas. We're salespeople. We know we want to list houses, work with buyers, get contracts written. So how do you have no agenda when you're listening? It's a really interesting push and pull. I truly believe in the way I've always been taught when you are listening to someone, you have to put your agenda aside. You could have it in the back of your mind. So you at least know where you're going. This is where the role-playing comes in. When you've done the same conversations, the same patterns over and over, it builds that muscle memory that you don't need to think about, okay, I'm listing this house. I'm listing this house. You just know where you're going in your listing presentation to get there. You know where you're going in your initial buyer consultation in order to have the result be they're hiring you and signing a buyer agency agreement. But in the moment where I'm asking them questions, I'm sticking right there with no agenda. We'll open up for some questions in a minute if you guys have anything, but feel free to stop me, unmute yourself if you want to jump in and ask questions. This is a, the next few are really my favorite ones, and I think some of the most important. Staying in context is the secret to being conversational. So if you're taking notes, we have honesty, remain neutral, no agenda. And the next one to write down is stay in context. This is the secret to being conversational. So if you want to make sure that you are not coming across as like as an interrogator, but you're more of an interviewer, the questions that you ask should be related to the last thing that they tell you. I think oftentimes it's salespeople, right? Or again, in a, in a recruitment context, whatever you, if our goals were like, we just want to learn all about this person and we know we should ask all these questions. You guys ever feel like that? You're like, I know I should ask all these questions. And you tend to like, you're like, I got to get all these questions answered. When you jump around, it tends to feel more like this, right? So you're thinking of selling a house. What makes you want to sell a house? Where were you last Thursday? Where were you at night on January 14th? Were you alone? Were you followed? Where'd you come? Right? Like you jump around to this, like, where were you? Right? Like that, that, that scene in the movie where they shine the bright light on the person. They're like, that's, that's not the feeling we want to give. You want to understand. So if you listen to as homework, go find some of your favorite interviewers, whether it be, I don't know, Dateline, you know, 60 Minutes, Barbara Walters. I don't, it doesn't matter. Whoever your favorite interviewer is, all right. Oprah. Go, go, Oprah's an incredible interviewer. And you listen to these questions that they ask and the way they structure it. The reason that they're able to, to be celebrities and, and they make their career interviewing people is because it's a skill set that they've practiced where the questions they ask follow naturally from the one they asked previously. That's what I mean by staying in context. Someone says, right? You're, you're, uh, someone says, oh, I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm just, we're, we're moving uh, you know, to the other, other side of town. Oh, cool. What's in the other side of town? Well, I'm, I, I, work, I work over there. My, uh, you know, my, uh, uh, I just want to be a little closer to the office. Uh, plus we can get a little, little, you know, a little bigger house over there. Awesome. What's important about having a bigger house, right? You're just, you're just following down that natural rabbit hole. It seems obvious, but as I tell you this, the next time you're in a sales situation, I want you to really take note of how often your questions are jumping around from topic to topic. There are times when you're going to change gears. That's normal. You can't always stay in context, but for the most part, asking multiple questions in a row will keep you in context. And here's the really cool thing that happens when you ask questions in context, your memory of the conversation gets a thousand times better. You will literally remember every detail or most of the important details from a conversation when you stay in context because it helps your brain as well. Like I still take notes when I'm, when I'm talking to clients, but I tend to memorize 
most of the answers they tell me and can spit them back and repeat them back without looking at my notes when I've stayed in context. When I just go down my sheet of questions and I just ask them in a row, like, because most of you guys, do you, do you all have the same? Raise your hand to those of you on camera. Do you have certain questions you ask every buyer, right? Do you have certain questions you ask every seller? But if you just had a sheet and you went down that, that sheet, it's hard to remember and put it in order. But when you practice those questions and you have them internalized and you're no longer really thinking about them, then it allows you to kind of go out of order and mix around and stay more in context. So those are the first five, right? One, two, three, four, sorry, four. We've got two more here. I just spent a lot of time talking about asking questions. I want you just to think about for a minute, the symbol of the question mark versus the period, the symbol of the question mark or the period. And I want you to remember that if you want to continue the flow of the conversation, asking questions is what keeps it moving. Anytime you make a statement that ends with a period, you stop the flow. Not to say you can't make statements, right? But just know that as you're playing with this, if this is an art form, if conversation is an art form, if listening is an art form, that asking questions is what keeps the flow going. So for example, someone says, um, you know, they want to move closer to their grandkids, right? You might have someone downsizing, they want to move closer to their grandkids. And you, and you say, oh, what are your grandkids' names? What are your grandkids' ages? Right? What do you do for fun with your grandkids? Those are all questions that continue that flow. But if they say, I want to move closer to their grandkids, and you go, that's great. It, it, I, I imagine you love your grandkids. Or it, must be, it would be so fun for you to be closer to your grandkids. Period. Okay, they might chime in. They might not. But do you, do you feel the difference in the energy when I say that? Like, I've, I know I've been great. I'm watching guys' heads now. Okay. As you start to become aware of this, you'll see how often, again, as I say these to some of you, they sound so simple. They're like, yeah, I get it. Just watch. The more you can be present to yourself and keep these forefront in your mind, especially when you're role-playing, because it allows you to kind of look back when you're done and be like, ooh, interesting. I make a lot more comments than I thought. I should be asking more questions. It's one of the more common things that I hear from people. This last one is probably the biggest one. And this is one we'll spend a few minutes on here. So listen, don't relate. Listen, don't relate. Saw some heads nodding there. Building on the energy of what they're talking about, that's where the magic happens. So let me explain what I mean by this in case it doesn't make sense. We are taught as salespeople in a lot of trainings and just maybe it's the way people pick up naturally also. We are taught that relating to what someone tells you is building rapport, right? You're walking through someone's house. They got a picture of some ski trip. Their family's up in the mountains and you go, oh, you like to ski? I love to ski. Where do you ski? Oh, I ski there too, right? And you think that by adding on the fact that you ski and they ski builds rapport. Anyone ever had that, that thought in their head, right? Okay. That I'm not saying it doesn't build rapport, but what really is building rapport is the energy underneath the fact that you care about what they care about. It doesn't mean that you have to do the same thing as them. The fact that you care about what they like to do, that's what's building rapport. Watch the same interaction. You see, you see a, a, a picture of the wall, a picture on the wall of, uh, of some mountains and their family skiing. You go, wow, that looks like a cool ski trip. Where was that? Oh, we were here. Yeah, do you ski a lot? Do you, is that something you guys like to do as a family or is it, don't do that often? Yeah, are you a pretty good skier? Are you like double black diamonds or just kind of like do it for fun? Did I even mention once the fact that I that I ski or don't ski? Never, right? I just was asking questions of them. But if you were in that situation, do you see how that would build as much rapport, if not even maybe more rapport by caring and showing interest in what they do? I'm not a skier, by the way. I ski terribly, rarely ever ski. 
Okay. I, I don't go out to the desert. I, 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 I live in an area where we have a lot of people, like, I like the desert. It's cool. But like, I don't have an ATV or a quad and go out to the desert every weekend, but I'm often in, in clients' houses where in the garage, you'll see ATVs and quads and things like that. If you don't know, they're the kind of offer vehicles, but I can ask questions and get excited about it because I know they're excited about it. And that's what builds rapport. That's what, that, that's what I mean by that building on the energy is what's magic. And when you focus on that, that really is a secret that you can build rapport with anyone. So in the last few minutes here, I want to give you guys a little homework, a little homework. And this is a game um, that you can do for rapport. It's not really a game, but this is a kind of a rapport building practice that those of you who were on yesterday, right? You, you know, we gave you the, the, the idea to role play more often. Before I go to this game, it looks like Suma might have a question. Go ahead, Suma. Just say hi. I, like if I'm always energetic, but opposite person is not energetic, how do you manage your level? You know, like you ask the question, they don't say, you know, anything. That's a, that's a great question. So you're, okay. analy you're analytical and you're saying you're talking to someone who is not as analytical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you might be asking questions that are more from an analytical perspective and you're not getting the responses that that you would give. Because if you ask an analytical, a detail-oriented question, they're going to give you a detail-oriented answer, correct? Yeah. You're talking to someone and the answers they, they give you are very short. Yeah, they will. Yeah. This is where this comes into practice. And so I love this because when I give you this homework to role play, this will be, you're going to want to find some people to role play who are not analytical. Mm -hmm. So you can practice this because when you change the wording that you use and you ask more direct questions, you're still never going to get, if someone is like a driver personality, you're never going to get long-winded answers from them that give you all the detail that you would look for. But when you ask things in context that have to do with things they like, they still will open up a little more for them and tell you more. That's what you're looking for, right? So in, in, this is where the, the wording that you use, if you're an analytical, you're going to ask things like, tell me, tell me the step-by-step -step plan or give me the strategic vision of what you have in this move, right? Questions like that. Those are words that I say when I'm talking to analytical people, right? If you're talking to more of a driver and, and you wanted to say like, you know, what's important to you in making this move, mm -hmm. right? More bottom line questions. And they're going to say, I just want to get it sold. Like, cool. So you get it sold. What happens then? Right? You, you can repeat back, like, what happens? What's next? Tell me about that. Those really short answers are good when you're talking and they'll give you, it, it's not going to, it doesn't need to be a long conversation, but you're still building that rapport you need because in the client's brain, in their mind, they're going to feel like this person gets me. That's really what you're going for is that feeling of for, for someone who's an expressive like me, like I feel that like, oh, they get me. I like that. I'm seen for someone who's a driver. They might not even be, they might not even be conscious of the fact that, um, yeah. that, that, they, that this person gets them. They just feel like I'm comfortable. I'm good. Someone who's an analytical, they're, you're going to lower their level of anxiety by speaking the language they want to speak and asking the really detail-oriented questions. Because again, they may not think the words, you get me, but they'll think, I feel safe. I, I feel heard. You've understood my needs. This is what is important. Does that make sense? Does that answer that question, Suma? Yeah. Yeah. So it's the way you ask the questions and, and don't give up asking questions. Just shift your expectations of the type of answers you're going to get. You're not going to get long answers with some people, but to them, it is giving enough. Yeah, that is like, especially when they are in diversity, it is hard to, you know, 
have to it get is. that information. It, it, you need the information they don't want to. It, it is. And and so that and so when you practice asking these questions in different ways, that's this this game that I'm gonna gonna give you to 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 role play here. So this will take you 20 minutes a day. You can do it in less, but like I'd say budget 20 minutes a day for do it for a week. If you do it for two weeks, it'll shift the way you connect and listen. You want to find a role play partner for 20 minutes and preferably someone different every couple of days. But if it's the same person every day, so be it. You'll just start to learn that person's patterns after a while is why you want multiple people, right? Multiple people. And let's see the answer to your question, Stephanie. Uh, yes, this will be recording will absolutely be available uh, on all podcast platforms on the agentcollective.com website. Right, check out the agentcollective.com. Yeah, it'll be in there. And I can go back in a minute before we wrap up. I'll show you the some of the six steps. But yeah, it's if you missed the beginning, go back out here. So this is the, the role play. You got 20 minutes with a partner. You're going to set a timer for 10 minutes. You each get 10 minutes. One person starts as the interviewer. The other person starts as the interviewee. You're not doing a real estate role play. There's no scripts. That's why this is so easy. And it's fun because you actually get to learn a lot about this person. You're going to pick a starting question, anything you want, literally anything you want to learn about this person. What do you do for fun? Where'd you grow up? Like just pick a question and go down the natural rabbit hole doing all the six things. I'll put them back up on the screen here, right? Doing all the six things, paying attention to these as you're asking them questions. Okay. Remain neutral, have no agenda, stay in context, be an interviewer, not an interrogator, right? Ask questions, not comments. Listen, don't relate. And as you do this, for 10 minutes, you're going to really start to, in this safe environment, you're going to start to become aware very quickly of, oh man, I make a lot of comments. I don't ask a lot of questions. Even when I want to ask questions, I'll make some questions that I'll still say a comment. I, I, I relate a lot. I don't, I don't just listen. You'll figure out what it is. And when you're done, if you want to take a minute to kind of give yourself some, some feedback, maybe do it for eight minutes. So you have a minute to give yourself some feedback, give the other person, give you some feedback and then switch and have the other person be the interviewer and you be the interviewee. Because when you're on either sides of it, when you're being interviewed, you'll also hear things the other person's doing where you'll start to become aware of these things that you do yourself. It's that simple. Again, I go through this about every six months, guys. Even if you've heard this before, if it's, you know, in a year ago, so hopefully some of you have never heard this, right? But if you've, if you've never done this exercise, if you do it for a week, heck, two weeks, by the end of this, it'll shift the way that you start to listen. And every once in a while you need a tune-up, but it really does last for a pretty long while. And it helps you be just that much more present. Is this helpful, guys? Listen to it for these contexts. Cool. I got about three minutes. What, what, what questions do you guys have? Lenora, you got one? Yes, but it's totally unrelated. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, well, then I can hear it. Do, do you want to ask it here? Or do you, want, you want me to hang it after? We can ask it No, afterwards. no, I mean, I, I'll, I'll text you later. All right, cool. All right. Well, guys, I'm going I'm to wrap up. Unless there's any other questions. Oh, Jesse, I want to say one thing. Go ahead, Karen. Yeah, I've seen you in action with that straight face. You asked me how old I was. You never blinked or moved your muscle. Your eyebrows didn't go up or anything. I'm very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And, and Karen, I'm curious for you, because you've been doing real estate for, for a while. Have yeah. you been, I mean, you've been through a discussion on active listening, I imagine, multiple times before. Did yes. you hear, did you hear things today that remind you like, Oh, I could, I could pay attention to this. Did you hear anything that jumped out to you today? Uh, 
if there's a picture on the wall they're skiing, I always told them where I have skied. If they have a cape house, they have told them where my cape house was. So I, I have a new perspective here. And I am the ultimate interrupter with my family because I forget things. If I don't say it right now, you'll never hear it from me because I'm going to forget what I was going to say. So I'm always interrupting them and they remind me that you have to let somebody complete a sentence before you you have a thought. So this has been, a, I'm really glad I tuned in this morning. Oh, I, oh, I love it. Can I, can I give everyone, I got one minute. Can I give you guys a physical, we didn't, I didn't cover anchors today, but you just reminded me, Karen, when you said interrupting, if you need a way, because depending on how excited I am, I will interrupt more often. Yeah. If I'm calm, I'm great. But if I'm excited, I'm going to, I want to, I'm going to dive in and interrupt people. Yeah. I have a physical anchor that someone taught me. This is like the okay symbol. I will make this symbol with my hand. Everybody make this symbol. Okay. Put it up on the screen. Make this symbol like this. All right. Now put it on your knee. No one can see it. It's on your knee. It's under the table when you're talking to someone, but this is an anchor that reminds me, take a deep breath, let it out and just be present and listen. And I will literally make this symbol before, just as practice before I'm in a, in a situation, deep breath in, let it out every time I do that. And it'll, when I do this with my hand now, I've done it so often, it puts my body back in this state. My shoulders relax. I take a deep breath and it reminds me to listen. When I find myself interrupting, I will do that under the table on my knee. Yeah. And really it's a good thing for us all. It's a good thing for us all to learn. It's, it was a very good session. Yeah, it's a reminder. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. Good to see you. Karen, Suma, Lenora. Good right. to see you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Stephanie, Terrell, everybody listen to the replay. Have a great day, guys. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.